Hola y bienvenidos a la Daily Hustle. Deuces Wild Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Barrett, y presidente de la mejor cerveza y dad water. Son los mejores bebidas. No abate por No Filter Network. Although he was with us last night in rare form. Will the Thrill Clark. Wow. What an episode. Clips going viral currently right now, making their rounds through social media. Uh, Will is just a fucking beauty. There's no other way to put it. But also not with us today. Miguelito Sandiaguito. You guys do know that we come on here each and every single morning. Whether our boys are here or they're not here, we properly salute them. <sighs> yes, 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 yes. Remember this, folks. When we are juiceful, we are useful. And when we are juiceless, we are fucking useless. Hola. And by the way, so last night, I somehow screwed this up. I get on with Will all the time. And I think I just get so entrenched in the moment in our conversation that I completely lose sense of the show and some of the responsibilities that come with it. So our title sponsor, Bet Online, was actually ignored last night until the end of the show. I did get it in there, but let's start from the top. The holiday season off and rolling with the NFL in full stride, NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up to the minute news, odds, trends, predictions, and more. Bet online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just a big four, Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use the promo code BLEAV, capital B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, don't forget about our partners at KT Tape. Get yourself some of the pro oxygen tape by hitting the QR code in the upper right-hand corner. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist, nor did I stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. But I can tell you through experience, this shit works. When you apply the tape, it lifts the skin and promotes blood flow to the area and thus reduces inflammation and pains associated with it. KT Tape, deflaming muscles since its creation. Lastly, to focus for the show, I got myself this verge shot of greatness. A little lemon, a little ginger, a little cannabis. Make up this shot of pure fucking life. Go to tryverge.com and ask for my dude, Jory, and he will take care of all of your verge needs. There it is. Salud. I know I say this every time, but that sure is smooth on the throat, man. 
oh, it is just like this lather that it's almost sensual. It's really that good. Today's Daily Hustle, written electronic email communication, just went out a few minutes ago. I wrote it on the treadmill this morning. If you want to sign up for the DH email, I don't even know how to sign up for it. It goes out to thousands and thousands of people. It does. And I just need a way to figure out. I could probably just look at my MailChimp. Like it can't be that hard to have a link to sign up to be able to get it. But what happened is when I had these guys in Nashville that were working for me. And then it transferred to a newer local company here in Tahoe. We basically had to redo the whole site. It was a bit of a mess. And so in that process, we don't have a sign-up link anymore for the Daily Hustle email. But if you do get it, share it, pass it around. It's really fucking good. I'm obviously a little biased, though. Okay. Today is Wooden Wednesday, December 13, 2023. It just so happens to be Taylor Swift's 34th birthday. For all you go-hard Swifties out there, you'd be happy to know that I party with Travis Kelsey at the Super Bowl a few years back. And the dude is a fucking animal. Taylor taming Travis is most likely the very best thing for all involved. Daily Hustle quote of the day. Do not be concerned about what others think of you. Be very concerned with what you think of yourself. John Wood. Daily Hustle translation. Pettiness and jealousy in our world is as rampant as ever. And with social media giving... Everyone avoids, I truly feel like shit talking just may be at an all-time high. That said, it's imperative that we remain unaffected by outsiders' perceptions of who we are because no matter what we do or say, we will never be able to control another's opinion of us. When we are able to live a purpose-driven life predicated on chasing experiences and the education that accompanies those experiences while always holding ourselves accountable to our actions, we most certainly will think of ourselves as BAMPs, badass motherfuckers in the most positive light imaginable. My mom used to always say, kill them with kindness, which we definitely can't do. But I would also recommend killing them with actions that speak so loudly there simply isn't anything left for the bottom-dwelling fuckos to say. On today's Daily Hustle Live interactive video podcast on Ophelia Network, we discuss the Giants signing Korean outfielder. Jung Hoo Lee to a six-year, $113 million contract and why Buster Posey feels like there was absolutely nothing else that Giants could have done to sign Shohei Otani. We also go over the remaining top MLB free agents and dig into the latest NFL power rankings and lines for this weekend's game. Also, don't forget to go to Eric Burns. That's E-R-I-C-B-Y-R-N-E-S dot com to pick up all of your favorite go-hard stocking stuffers. The Foot Reflexology Board, the Effort List, and the Daily Hustle 222. Order now. Less than two weeks till Christmas remain. So, the first article here is Jung-Hoo Lee. Signing with the San Francisco Giants for a reported six-year, 
$113 million contract. It's said that the contract could run the Giants north of $130 million when it's all said and done. My initial reaction to the Jung-Hoo Lee signing, meh. I'm not that overwhelmed. That's a high price to pay for somebody that has not played a day in the major leagues. Yes, he's had success in the KBO. His numbers are fantastic. He has great bat-to-ball skills by all accounts. He's also a six-foot, 170-pound outfielder that doesn't have a ton of pop. How well he plays defense is yet to be determined. He's a center fielder, apparently, but he's not like he's a savage base runner where he's crazy fast and ripping bags left and right. He's only got like 60 over his, what, six, seven years in the KBO. So the jury will be out on Jung-Hoo Lee. I think you're going to get yourself a nice piece, but six years. $113 million, which is going to cost the Giants $130-something million, seems like a steep price to pay for an outfielder that is going to be a third, fourth guy. This isn't a superstar. It's just not. What I like about the Giants is that they're willing to spend for non-superstars, though. They're willing to say, well, what's the overall value that Lee can bring to our franchise because if he has a war that's northwards of three gets into the fours. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I don't care how many home runs he's hitting. That's extreme value. The question becomes, is he going to bring that sort of overall game to the United States? Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. It crowds the giants outfield a little bit. I look at any signing and you've got to ask yourself, what else should have they done with that money? Well, if you look at the top remaining free agents on the market, geez, there's still a lot of dudes out there. One of those being Blake Snell. Let's take a look right now of the rest of the free agents. But one of the other main ones, if you were looking for an outfielder, is Cody Bellinger. The prediction system here says Bellinger will get north of 130. They're thinking potentially in that 180 range. Okay, so you would have had to pay a little bit more for him. But for a former MVP, a comeback player of the year, I would have been willing to do it. The only question becomes, and this is becoming a huge issue, is do any of the free agents want to play in San Francisco? I don't think they do. They made a really strong case for Shohei Otani. They rolled out the red carpet and everything else. So before we get into the free agents, actually, let's go back to this first article here. I didn't even get into it. I've read it. I know it all really well. But they're saying here that the Giants 
have signed him lead of this six-year $130 million deal. There's an opt-out after the fourth year. Is there an opt-out for the Giants? That's the question. Because if he sucks ass for the first four years, can we get rid of him? There's also a posting fee. Just north of $19 million the Giants will send to Lee's old team. The Kiwoom Heroes. It's in raw numbers, the biggest contract to a free agent position player in Giants history. But even after you adjust for inflation, it's still the biggest. Barry Bonds' original deal in 1992 was worth $94.7 million in today's dollars. Will Lee out-hit Bonds and post a 6.10 on base percentage when he's 39 years old? Only time will tell. <clears throat> Only time and we here at the Daily Hustle will tell. And the answer to that question is fuck no. There is zero chance of Lee putting up a 6.10 on base percentage at not just 39 years old, at 29 or at 25 or any other fucking age. It's just not going to happen. That's not who he is. I was saying here it's a risk. It's a plunge. It's a deal the Giants fans aren't used to after years and years of clamoring for international players to get irrationally excited about the Giants have finally screamed cannonball and jumped into the deep end and will excite fans unless it doesn't work out, in which case they'll get to complain for a half decade. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news to the San Francisco Giants. I don't think this is exciting, fans. I don't think they're super down on the deal. They're kind of whatever. But this is not... Moving the needle. I mean, we talked about it for a little bit last night with Will Clark on Deuce as well, but then it was straight back to the Otani shit. Lee's a nice player. He walks way more than he strikes out. At least he has in the past in the KBO. His bat-to-ball skills are comparable to Vladimir Guerrero or Ichiro. And look, I don't want to overdo it right here but the guy should be a really nice player but is he a franchise game changer he's not even fucking close that's not who he is now fortunately or unfortunately fortunately for the player unfortunately for the club this kind of player commands these ridiculous amounts they actually said that the giants at a 113, the original thought was that Lee was going to be in that $50 million range. 50. Seriously, that was it. But he ends up going way above the 50 and getting the 113 and then the posting fees and then everything else. So uh, whatever. Uh, we'll see how it works out. Good for the Giants. Finally signing a free agent the other free agents and we'll go back to it here left on the market number one yoshinobu yamamoto he would make a difference that would be a guy that i think the san francisco giants fan base or any fan base would rally behind yamamoto is 
the most sought-after free agent remaining on the market. When the offseason began, I believed he would get a contract in the $200 million to 220 range. But now several front office execs believe he'll get closer to $300 million. Oh, geez. Uh, the best fits, the Yankees, the Mets, the Dodgers, the Rangers, the Giants, the Red Sox, and the Cubs. So all the heavy hitters in on the bidding for Yamamoto. Uh, number two here, and uh, honestly, I wouldn't put him at number two. I know he had a good year. 4.1 war. Fantastic job. Seems like a great guy. Jordan Montgomery. Montgomery, perfect match for the Yankees and the Cardinals. But he's already pitched for them both because they traded him. And because they traded him, he isn't so inclined. Found a home there, obviously, in Texas. Pitched really well. Loves DeGrom. Loves Scherzer. Works with Mike Maddox, the pitching coach. It seems like you know they were on the same page. I would not be shocked to see him end up back in Texas. It just makes a whole lot of sense. Number three here, Blake Snell. I, how the fuck, and someone explain this to me, would Jordan Montgomery be number two and not Blake Snell? Snell was 14 and nine, 2.25 ERA, 234 strikeouts, 32 starts, a six war. Come on. He might even be number one. The best fits here, they say the Mets, the Red Sox, the Giants, the Dodgers. I mean, do other teams exist? It feels like it's the Mets, Red Sox, Giants, Dodgers, Yankees. It just keeps coming at you. He's projected for a six-year 162. Number four here, they got Cody Bellinger. 4.4 war from last year. The prediction here is the Cubs. Bellinger's free agent market was held up by Otani sweepstakes, but now the bidding can begin in earnest from interested teams. After losing out on Otani, the Blue Jays could quickly pivot to signing Bellinger to play left field. The Cubs would love to bring him back after a strong season in which he was named nationally comeback player of the year. With all the success Bellinger had last season with Chicago, a reunion makes a lot of sense. If I were him, I would re-sign with the Cubs especially if the contract offers are in the same range. Same way. 100% I would sign back with the Cubs if I'm Bellinger. Look, this is someone who was very familiar with the Dodgers organization. He was non-tendered by the Dodgers. That's how he became a free agent. And then he signed with the Cubs. I was in a similar situation. Now, I wasn't a former MVP like Bellinger, but I was non-tendered by the Orioles after I got traded from the A's to the Rockies, Rockies, Orioles in the same season. And then went into Arizona and had a good year with Arizona. And then I was a free agent. It's a no-brainer. It's like, why are you going to fuck with it when you go somewhere and you're having success? It's just one of those things where if it's not broke, no need to fix it, no need to change. I do think, look, change sometimes is part of life. It's inevitable, yeah, 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 whatever. But don't just change the change, and don't just change the chase that money. I don't think Cody Bellinger is the type of guy that would do that. So for a few million more here or there, I don't think there's any chance he's leaving Chicago unless they, for whatever reason, completely lowball. Number five, I want to hear some interesting statistics here. It's Matt Chapman. Chapman's war last year was 4.4. The Blue Jays want to re-sign Chapman have made multiple aggressive proposals to try to reach an agreement. 
three-time Gold Glove Award winner. Chapman remains the best defensive third baseman in the big leagues. He has 92 defensive runs saved in his career after telling 12 DRS this year. He had 27 home runs in 2021 and 2022, but the past season had only 17 with 54 runs driven in. However, he also hit 39 doubles, scored 66 runs over 140 games. He ranked in the 98th percentile in average exit velocity and barrel percentage while finishing in the 100th percentile in hard hit rate. I, like, those are crazy numbers. Get a little Aaron here. Crazy, crazy numbers. Considering he didn't absolutely slaughter it, right? I mean, if you're in the 100th percentile in hard hit rate, you got to believe the guy would hit 330. But that was not the case for Josh, excuse me, Matt Chapman. I want to call him Josh Johnson, but it wasn't the case for Chapman. This is a guy that's had that sort of up and down career from an offensive perspective defensively he's an absolute fucking beast though uh number six here is josh Hader. 29 years old 2.4 war last year with the san diego padres they're predicting that he goes to the rangers the rangers the yankees the angels all will be in on him potential three-year deal worth of 63 million dollars so you just have to ask yourself when you when you sign somebody, like where else could have we used the money? So the thing with Jung Hu Lee, ah man, I like him, and he's actually number seven on this list. But is there any chance that you would sign him before any of the other guys? No, I just wouldn't do it. Not before Yamamoto, not before Montgomery, not before Snell, not before Bellinger. Uh, not even before Chapman. Before Hader? Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Onward and upward here. This was an article. I didn't know what to make of it. It's, it's a bit disconcerting. Shohei Otani turned down the Giants' $700 million offer. Buster Posey reflects reflects on his team's free agent slump. Buster Posey is learning how to draw parallels. He's still figuring out his transition from the San Francisco Giants franchise catcher to the member of his ownership group. He will always think about compensation, about competition in terms of what happens between the foul lines, not on balance sheets. But the more time Posey invests as a member of the Giants executive board under Chairman Greg Johnson, the easier the analogies from his playing days form in his mind. And as Posey reflected on the Giants' unsuccessful pursuit of Shohei Otani coming on the heels of their unsuccessful pursuit of Aaron Judge and Carlos Correa and Bryce Harper and, heck, go back to Posey's face-to-face efforts to woo John Lester, the frustration begins to feel so familiar to what he experienced during a rough stretch at the plate. A baseball player always expresses himself easiest in baseball terms unfortunately we're in a bit of a slump posey said but i believe it can turn around the giants took their biggest swing on otani they did not hesitate to authorize offering him the exact terms 
an almost totally deferred 10-year, $700 million contract that he accepted from the Los Angeles Dodgers as detailed by Giants President of Baseball Operations, Farhan Zaidi, in a conference with reporters on Tuesday. They did not offer one penny less with their arch rivals as a uh, with their arch rivals. It was also made clear to them it wouldn't have mattered if they offered a penny more or several million more. Until Tuesday, Giants officials had been silent following the news on Saturday that Otani had agreed to terms with the Dodgers on a mind-bending record-setting contract. The deal was paying a physical and hadn't been announced by the team. Once those formalities were out of the way, Zaidi arranged a conference call with reporters to comment on the contract and deliver a play-by-play on the Giants' failed pursuit. Damage control, sure. A weary, were tired narrative to present to their fans, of course. But transparency doesn't have to mean manipulation. And Zaidi said he wanted to be as transparent as possible from ownership on down. The Giants bent Otani's every ask, up their offer three times, and sought to make every positive impression. Quote, every financial target or request that was made from their camp was met and was met pretty quickly, Zaidi said. But this is what free agency is. It comes down to a choice for the player. And when you're talking about a generational player, he's going to have great choices and probably check just about every box he's looking for. So the question must be asked, whether it's Otani or Judge or Harper, why do none of these generational players want to go to San Francisco? It's a question that Posey, the Giants' own generational star, is asking himself. In a phone interview with The Athletic on Tuesday, Posey spoke candidly about his personal message to Otani during their meeting at Oracle Park on December 2nd. His concerns that free agent pursuits have been impacted by negative perceptions about the Bay Area and his confidence that there are brighter days ahead for both the franchise and the region. I just want him to understand my level of love for the San Francisco Giants and the city of San Francisco. For him to understand how much I've come to appreciate the history here and wanting him to be part of the history going forward, Posey said of the Giants' intimate two-hour meeting with Otani, which included Zaidi, Johnson, and manager Bob Melvin. It was such a unique opportunity. I just feel that him coming to the Giants could have been transformative, obviously for the baseball team, but it also would have given the city a boost that we've all been looking for. Quote, that was the pitch. Look, you've got an opportunity to come here and do something special that's going to impact not only people during your tenure, but potentially for years and years to come, even after you're done playing. And I meant it. I fully believed it. Posey said that it was a matter of hours into free agency period in November before he was on the phone with Otani's agent, Nez Nez Bellello. All right, so this is where it gets interesting for me. Posey was with CAA. Nez is with CAA. He's the co-head of baseball representation. So Posey is a former CAA client. He was adamant. In the conversation that he had with Nez, hey, Nez, I want us to get him first. I want you to understand how important this is to us and how serious we are. We've got the backing from everybody in the organization. Quote, I just wanted the best chance we could have pos- that we could possibly have to push as hard as we possibly could. 
to try to have Shohei become a San Francisco Giant. Could the Giants have done anything more? I don't think so, Posey said. I really don't. I thought about it since the news came out. I really don't think so. It's different, but similar to playing the game. I've always wanted to feel when you're done, win or lose, that you put it all out there. I really feel like we did. Quote, I also gave an analogy to somebody throughout my career. I would rather have three broken bats, bat hits in a game, than three lineouts at somebody. For people to say, well, you did everything you could. You hit a ball hard on the nose. It's like, yeah, but ultimately, you want results. Unfortunately, we didn't get the results, and so you know we'll keep pushing. This wasn't Posey's first attempt at convincing Otani. Posey was a 30-year-old catcher coming off a season in which he had 320 when Otani met with seven finalists before signing with the Los Angeles Angels in the winter of 2017. Otani spoke of Posey in great aura at the meeting, but the Giants were coming off of a 98-loss season. No amount of spiritual glow could make up for the fact that the designated hitter role hadn't yet come to the National League. Oh, okay. So, look, I could go on and on and on here. This is a fantastic article in The Athletic by Andrew Baggerly. But the issue becomes, it was it's talked about geographically, where Otani did not want to leave Southern California. And he knew, the Giants knew that was going to be a big challenge. Sissy, can I help you? Okay, I'll talk to you right after the show. Um, it's going to be a little bit longer. Thank you very much. Okay, I'll talk to you in a minute. Love you, honey. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, wait, wait, a little insight into my world. I can hear the kids arguing downstairs. And then Callie just came up. And let me just, just take a wild, wild, wild guess. Is she's going to have something that she's going to complain about about her brother. And then he'll probably be up here in the next couple minutes. Welcome to my life in Studio 22 and all the drama that surrounds it. So, anyhow, like Posey's waxing poetic about the San Francisco Bay Area. I get it. But the concerns from potential free agents are fucking real. And you have families that come in and they're like, well, look, San Francisco is not in a good state right now. The cost of living is still ridiculous. It's as high as just about any city that you're going to play in. The homeless population and the crime rates are through the roof. It's not a desirable place to play. The ballpark is beautiful. Yes. But remember this. It's not a hitter-friendly ballpark. Zaidi talked about the screen that they put up in right field. They tried to use that as a way to attract Otani as well. But here's the thing. It, it's just... You could, you could wax poetic all you want. Opposing players don't love hitting there. They just don't. I actually liked it. So there's going to be a few that do. I felt like I saw the ball really well there and always had success. I don't know if it was extra motivation I had because I was going home and playing in front of friends and family and everything else. But the Giants 
the number one thing that they have and that they can use is that they have a, a nice story tradition from Willie Mays to Willie McCovey to Will Clark and Kevin Mitchell and the hum baby Roger Craig year of the 1980s to Dusty Baker, then obviously to the 2002 team, then to Bruce Bochy in the three world championships. There's a lot of pedigree that goes with the San Francisco Giants organization. And then you have those guys hanging around. Bob Melvin was a huge hire. Fucking huge. I think that would have only helped. Yeah, you know, and I don't I don't know how much Otani communicates in English or whatnot, but Melvin is one of the better player managers that you're ever going to find. So I got to imagine that he would have been a help in that situation. But look, San Francisco is not LA. And, it, and it's not to say that LA is great. LA's got a lot of the same fucking issues that San Francisco has. But LA also has Orange County. And that's where Otani's living. So with Otani in Orange County, and I'm sure not wanting to leave Orange County, it's just, it was going to be a tough sell. So the, the question now becomes, like, who are the position players that you need to get? It's the homegrown guys. It's the Buster Posies of the world. And then you sprinkle in some free agents around those guys, and then you just get fucking dominant pitching. Because a, a, a free agent pitcher, yeah, sure. I'll go to San Francisco. Why not? So, you know, it, this is a problem that it's not going to go away. I think the Giants need to be proud of who they are. I also think Will Clark said it best on the clip that's making his ways around social media right now, going viral, where he said, fuck the Dodgers. Let them go spend $70 million on a DH. They've been kicking our ass. Good, go spend your money. But guess what? It's time for us to kick your ass now. So I don't think Lee's the answer. I think they need more pieces. They definitely need another pitcher. Top of the rotation type of guy. That's why they're obviously going after Yamamoto. Uh, that, that would be a huge consolation thing at Lambeau. I mean, really, really big. All the big dogs are after him. I would much rather have Lee and Yamamoto for, I don't know, the next, what, six to ten years at, what would it be, $300 million as opposed to Otani at $700 million? They're just, I mean, a huge, huge difference there. All right. As far as, let's see here. The 2023 NFL MVP odds, Dak Prescott, slight favorite over Brock Purdy. Patrick Mahomes falling fast. Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, guy to the Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco Giants, respectively, two notable wins in week 14. But the two quarterbacks are no longer co-favorites to win the NFL MVP award as Prescott holds a slight edge over Purdy to capture the honor. Prescott plus 150 jumped ever so slightly ahead of Purdy plus 175 for the award after the week 14 performance. According to the odds makers, two, the two enter week 14 as co-favorites to win 
the award. The Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson. This is a guy, if you want to talk about value, this is a guy where there's definite value if you want to bet on him. He's third. He has the highest odds for an AFC player. The Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts sits at fourth. And the Bills, Josh Allen, a distant fifth. Allen's not going to happen. Just, just too many turnovers. He's at plus 1,400. I mean, he would have to run the table and just basically be flawless for the rest of the season. But Prescott's at 150. Purdy's at plus 175. Lamar Jackson's plus 600. There definitely is some value right there. How about the offensive rookie of the year, C.J. Stroud? It's minus 20,000. Puka Nakua, a distant second, plus 22.50. And then you got a few other guys here. The defensive rookie of the year, Jalen Carter, minus 500 to win that award. And then offensive player of the year, Tyreek Hill is at minus 200. Christian McCaffrey, plus 150. That's bullshit. Why? I mean, I, I know Tyreek Hill's good. He's killing it. It's just fantasy numbers alone, though. You you can't tell me Tyreek Hill's better than Christian McCaffrey. He's just not. Defensive player of the year, Micah Parsons is minus 130. And then you got the comeback player of the year, Damar Hamlin, minus 500. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Coach of the year, Dan Campbell at plus 325. DeMarco Ryan's at plus 325. I like Dan Campbell if the Lions get their shit together in the remaining weeks of the season here. All right, taking a look at the spreads for, geez, I guess, I guess it'll be starting on Thursday night is the first NFL game as we go to the scores here. Hold tight. It's going to be the Chargers at the Raiders. Raiders are minus three. And let's not forget that Justin Herbert is out for that one. Raiders are five and eight. The Chargers are also five and eight. Chargers have had a rough one. Jeez. I mean, the best team to kind of really do nothing. Uh, On Saturday, you got UCLA at Ohio State. That should be a good one in college hoops. And then Sunday, the rest of the NFL games. It's the Cowboys at the Bills. This is a 1.25 p.m. game on Fox. The OU is 50 and a half. That's a big number, but I, yeah, I, I'm guessing they eclipse that. I actually really like that number. Bills are minus one and a half. They opened at two and a half. It's now to one and a half. It's the Falcons at the Panthers at plus three. The Panthers are. I like the Falcons of that one. Giants go on the road to New Orleans to face the Saints. Saints are minus six. Commanders are at the LA Rams. Rams minus six and a half. Rams are six and seven, so they're trying to sneak in there. Commanders four and nine. The Bears at the Browns. It's the Browns minus three. The Texans at the Titans. Titans are minus two and a half in this one. This one's going to be a banger. This could be one of the best games. It's 10 a.m. game on Sunday. Buccaneers at the Packers. Packers are minus three there. Man, the Packers looked like shit last week. They went down to the New York 
football giants. Bucks have been playing well. Both teams six and seven fighting for that last playoff spot. Although the Bucks hurt, they're fighting to win their division, that which is a shitty division that it is. Chiefs are on the road at the Patriots. Yeah, they're they're minus nine and a half on this one. Jaguars are at home against the Ravens. The Ravens are laying three and a half. Then you got the Jets at the Dolphins. Dolphins minus eight and a half. I mean, that's a small spread. Eight and a half. This is an explosive Miami Dolphins team. And I get it. They had a rough one last week. But let's not get all caught up on the Jets and the Zach Wilson performance. It was impressive. It really was. If you look at some of the throws that he made, we'll see what happens in this one. Could be interesting. I mean, this, this is like the game of the week that it's I mean, the Dolphins could win by 30 or the Jets could flat out win this game. We'll see. And then the 49ers are at the Arizona Cardinals, the Niners lane 13 and a half. I mean, every one of their spreads is going to be huge from here on out going forward. So, there's the latest lines. We'll be back on Daily Hustle tomorrow morning. Everyone have a fantastic day. Go to, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, we'd appreciate you leaving the review. Check out the show with Will Clark last night. It should actually be in the same RSS feed right above or below uh, this one here on the Deuces Wild podcast. Or if you're listening on the Daily Hustle side of things, then go ahead and go over to Deuces Wild and check that episode out. It's fucking good. Do us a favor, share it. It's only as good as the amount of clicks that you get on these and downloads. So if you guys could share, if you like it, if you could share it, greatly appreciate it. And that's it. I'm going to go talk to my daughter and hopefully all is fine and well in the Burns household. Everyone have a great day.